eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. <laughs> is this a PG? What kind of crowd? Is this a PG crowd? Yeah, man. No, you know how the podcast goes, dude. We can say and do whatever we f***ing want on this show. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I, uh, I was smoking weed with my buddy in college, <laughs> and uh, we were watching the Masters. Welcome to the Jim Rohn Podcast. This is Ep 35, and there really is no better time than right now to run down my guest for today's pod, Arian Foster. Arian was the second all-time leading rusher in the history of Tennessee football, but after going undrafted in 2009, he signed as a free agent with the Houston Texans, and he took the NFL by storm. Four Pro Bowls, two All-Pro selections, a rushing title, and twice the rushing TD leader, all while being arguably the most interesting guy in the NFL. Now, most guys slow down once they hang up the cleats, but most guys are not Arian Foster. And even if you run a line through the words football player in his bio, if it's possible, one of the most interesting athletes I've ever spoken to is even more fascinating right now. So, pot up, F35 gets spinning right after this word from my pals at Lumber Liquidators. 2018 is flying right by. I cannot believe we're in May already. We all want to continue to elevate our game to that next level and make 2018 the best year ever. Well, if you're a contractor or a builder or a remodeler, listen up, because elevating your game for the rest of this year just got a whole lot easier thanks to my buddies at Lumber Liquidators and their new LL Pro Plus program. LL Pro Plus is Lumber Liquidators' new pro services team that you can call for all of your professional flooring needs. LL Pro Plus will help you absolutely crush it this year with professional pricing and dedicated support to get you exactly what you need when you need it most. This way, you get all your projects finished on time. LL Pro Plus gives you the ultimate value and quality. And with LL Pro Plus, no job is too large, no job is too small. So put the flooring experts on your team today. Visit your local Lumber Liquidator store or go to LumberLiquidators.com. Once again, LumberLiquidators.com. Let's continue to make 2018 the best year ever with Lumber Liquidators. One quick note about the voicemail before I roll this tape. I want to make sure everybody who is listening right now knows how to get into my phone. Because if you love this thing, then you should be a part of it. If you hate this thing, then you should make it better. Do you see me working? Listen up. Write this down. Or better yet, just put it right in your phone and save it. Here is the number. 949 3850447 That's the number to hit me up with. Leave me a voicemail anytime about anything at all. Just make sure you keep it tight and keep it moving. 
Keep this in mind. If you like what you're about to hear, then you should do your part and contribute. If you hate what you're about to hear, you should do your part and make it better. Keep it in mind as I roll the tape. You have 12 new messages. First new message. Hey, Beekson Studio City here. Man, the Dodgers bullpen stinks worse than dingleberries on a giraffe's ass. Message deleted. Next message. Rome Skillet, Madden LA. Hey, I got good intel that uh, my man uh, Ken Dorsey is going to be taking Saquon Barkley as the number one pick. Message deleted. Next message. He's going with Quentin Nelson at number four. Message deleted. Next message. Second round, they're taking Mason Rudolph. You watch, Rome. Remember who called it. Your boy Matt in L.A. Ouch. Message deleted. Next message. Hey, Rome. Thought I'd take the opportunity to uh, drunk to have the voicemail. Romy, keep up the amazing work on these podcasts. Can't wait to hear the new episodes. Thanks, Rome. Good night. Message saved. Next message. Hey, Jim. It's me, Billy Donovan. Tell that little shit, Alvin Deloro. Next time he plays that fucking Munsters theme, when he mentions my name, I'm going to go over there and shove my Frankenstein boot up his little ass. Say hi to Janet and the boys for me. Message deleted. Next message. Hey, Vince, Matt. My name's Roger. I've been listening to you since the days the, the Jazz were in the NBA Finals with Stockton and Malone. I love your show. Hope you live forever, man. Message saved. Next message. I would rather wipe my ass with broken glass than to hear another call from that motherfucking parody goddamn Larry. Message deleted. Next message. Hey, Jimbo. It's uh, JC and Destin. I got a buddy who's a plumber, and we were talking the other day. And I watch a lot of football, man. And when I watch football, I drink a lot of beer. So when I drink a lot of beer, I take a lot of bathroom breaks, and I miss football. So I was telling him, man, you know, I'm going to have to hang a TV in the bathroom just so I don't miss nothing. He's like, no, dude, no. We'll put a urinal in your living room. And I'm like, damn, dude, that's genius. Anyway, that's Buddy looking out for a Buddy, if you know what I mean. That's my analogy for your show, man. I don't need the urinal in my living room, but, hey, I want it. And I don't need to listen to your show, but, hey, I love it. So that's my analogy of your show to the working man. You are the urinal in my living room, brother. Message saved. Next message. Hi, Jim. Dylan and Lovick. Hey, keep doing what you do to Dr. Dave because it's funny. He deserves it because the guy's a dork. Yeah. Out. Message deleted. Next message. What's up, Romans, Dr. Dave? I find it interesting that Les' family owns a winery, considering all he did in that week of three straight calls was be full of wines. Message deleted. Next message. When you did the first smack-off, I was just four years old. Now I'm 28. I found your show in 2011, and I may not have what it takes at all, but... I'm still going to have fun and laugh my ass off come smack off time. <laughs> message saved. Next message. Rome, Kyle in Green Bay here. I am doing a little road trip. I am leaving tonight. I'm heading to the Fort Collins area. I'm meeting up with that dude, Luke. And then from there, I'm heading to the San Fran area. And right now, I'm scheduled to meet up with Parody Larry, Golden Bag Warrior, and Marty. I'm going to chuck some beers. And then I'm going to be in your neck of the woods in the L.A. area. I might have to swing by the studio, pull a little left in Laguna. Speaking of left, I'm meeting up with him. 
Jim Benton and Evan in the Bay at Javier's. And then from L.A., I'll be going down to San Diego, and I'm meeting with Sean Hester and my fellow jungle tat and crime partner, John in San Diego. Take it easy. I'm out. Message saved. You have no more messages. Nice job. Nice effort. Seriously, nice job. Nice effort. Well, to pretty much everybody except you, Dr. Dave. Hey, Dave, every time you call, it makes me want to pick up the phone and get your medical license revoked. I mean, bro, you're a doctor? Allegedly. An educated guy? Allegedly. If you're all of those things, how can you not complete a simple phone call? How can people entrust their children to a dude who cannot finish a single sentence without flaming out? And Matt, my man, incredible intel on that Browns draft class. Saquon Barkley, Quentin Nelson, and Mason Rudolph freaking nailed it. And Billy Donovan. Sorry about that one and done with the Thunder. And I'm especially sorry about that quote unquote little shit Alvin DeLauro. I've got no idea why he busts out with the Munsters theme every time your name is mentioned. But I will say hello to Janet and the boys. And you say the same back to your fam and all your friends back on Mockingbird Lane. Kyle, safe travels on your clone tour. Sounds like a hell of a trip. Enjoy the Javier's run, and to my favorite, Mad Bum and Sid Crosby fan, you can't rip a golden ticket by simply calling the voicemail. You've got game, take your shot. Hit me up during the daytime, 1-800-636-8686. And finally, JC and Destin, when I lay down and I take that forever nap, I'm going to tell Janet to put the following on my tombstone. Here lies Van Smack. He was the urinal in the living room. Can't kill this thing. Not dead, can't quit, can't kill it after a week like this. Now, let me get at you about my friends at Lightstream. Listen, here's something you want to think about. The average interest rates on credit card debt are 17% APR. Freaking 17%. So, have you looked at your rate lately? Let me tell you about Lightstream's credit card consolidation loan. Lightstream's fixed interest rates are as low as 5.49% APR with auto pay, and they're backed by the Rate Beat program. Lightstream will beat any qualifying interest rate presented by any other lender. There are no fees, and you could save thousands of dollars in interest. Lightstream is a division of SunTrust Bank, so you can be confident that you're working with one of the nation's largest and strongest financial institutions. Apply today and get an additional interest rate discount on top of Lightstream's already low rates. The only way for my listeners with good credit to get this special interest rate discount is to go to Lightstream.com com slash Rome. Again, this is an amazing opportunity. Go to lightstream.com slash Rome. L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash Rome. Subject to credit approval, rate includes 0.50% auto pay discount available only when you select auto pay prior to loan funding. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com for important information about limits on Lightstream loans, same day funding and rate beat program. Arian Foster is a fascinating guy, and every time I get a chance to talk to him, I end up learning something, and this time is no different. He understands the difference between being interested and interesting. He'd fight a wolf, but be reincarnated as a lion. He's a philosopher, a poet, the host of the Now What podcast with Arian Foster, and now a rap artist performing under the name 
Bobby Fino. His album, Flamingo and Koval, dropped last week to rave reviews, and it was just one more thing for me and Arian to get caught up on. So pop in the buds, get ready to dig into my conversation with the singularly interesting Arian Foster, a.k.a. Bobby Fino. Enjoy. Man, everything is well, man. Everything is good. As long as, uh, as, long as I stay on this side of the earth, man, I'm, I'm good to go. That's true. You know, it's hard to imagine, but you're already two years or so into retirement, and a lot of athletes are not ready for it when it happens. Some, I would argue, never, ever come to grips with it. What were your first two years like off the field? Yeah, it's, it's, it's an unfortunate happenstance when, when you uh, – I, I mean, I empathize with guys that do that because they spend your whole life trying to get to one goal and – and then the game kind of gets rid of you, you know. It's a, it's a tough, tough aspect of it. But for me, I, I guess it was an easy, um, it was any, it was an easy transition because I never fully thought of myself as like uh, an athlete. You know, I knew I was an athlete, but I never kind of fancied myself one or, or walk around. Or I mean, I, I know I know how big the NFL is, but it just never really uh, resonated with like the ethos of who I was. So. It was an easy transition, man. Um, I really just got the chance and the resources to, to dig into the things that I love, and that's what I'm doing now. Well, that's really interesting when you talk about that, and I've heard you say this before. In fact, you and I have kind of talked about this. You were never fully about that football persona or necessarily that professional athlete persona. I mean, you gave to it. You gave everything you had, but you always had a lot of different interests. You thought about different things. I guess let me put it to you another way. If you could do it all over again – would you play in the NFL? Yeah, I, I waver back and forth on that, man. Um, I don't, I don't think I w- as a man now. I don't think I would. But if I'm talking to the 17 year old kid that that has never seen more than twenty dollars at one, you know, at one time, there's, there's, it's hard for me to because that was that was my out, right? So it's hard for me to say that now. Uh, I mean, it's easy for me to say that now, um, but as a, as a man now, it, it it doesn't hold my interest, and I don't think it's something that I would pursue. Um, but I mean, the hindsight is twenty twenty, so it's hard it's hard to say. Hey, listen, I understand why the answer would be yes. When you're 17 and you don't have 20 bucks, I understand why that might be your way out and why the answer might be yes. But knowing what you know now, why would the answer maybe be no? Why would it not hold your interest? Uh, so I don't think that football ever fulfilled anything uh you know i'm not a religious person but soul in a metaphorical sense uh i don't think i've ever fulfilled anything in my soul like i didn't i didn't um it was fun i loved it it was something that you know i fell in love with as a kid but it never i never felt like i fulfilled like um uh i had so much untapped potential that i knew that i could do other things and 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 um looking back the risk versus reward. Uh, I don't think I, I. I know. I know for a fact. I didn't fully understand the risk versus reward. Where uh, I really had a possibility, and who knows what's going to happen in the future. I feel fine now. My mental health is is pretty good. You know, I see therapists uh, pretty regularly. Um, and I'm not having any memory issues, but there, there's a there's a possibility that when, as time goes on the memory phase and you start to develop uh, uh, signs of, 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 of Alzheimer's or CTE. And uh, that's a possibility. So I'm not sure it's, it's worth it, but 
you know, who who knows what's going to happen, but I'm glad I, I came out relatively unscathed. You know, I have a lot of lot of lot of physical body damage to me. I've had 14 surgeries, but uh, I'm I'm extremely happy place in my life right now. So I can't I can't totally knock it. <laughs> you know, yeah, and you've got lots of other things going on right now, which we'll talk to uh, talk about in a minute. And I, I would imagine football maybe set you up for some of those opportunities. But you know, in terms of that mental health, Arian, it, it's such a significant issue with the game right now. Have you noticed any kind of deterioration at all? And how concerned are you about how, even if you feel good right now, are you concerned about how you might feel in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? Right. As of right now, I don't feel, I don't feel anything. And uh, I don't even know how to begin to, if, if somebody understands that they, that, they, that they feel anything, right? So it's such a big issue because we know so little about the brain. Like, we know a lot, but we know so little. Um. And as far as as like being worried about things that could happen in the future, I, I'm I never really worried. It's never been part of my uh, a package of my character characteristics because I don't. If you can if you can do something about it, there's no reason to worry. And if you can't do something about it, then there's no reason to worry, right? So it's exactly. kind of like a waste of time. And um, it, it really. It's it's. And I try to tell people this all the time. Like worrying just causes more and more stress and more and more anxiety. And we already live in a stressful state, relatively, um, because that's part of what keeps my balance. Is like when you look around in the world, like this is one of the greatest countries to be in. And so all of the stress that we manage day to day, not minimizing people's stress, but all the stress that we damage can be um, uh, eased if 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 they just look at things in a different prism. Hmm. You know, Aaron, you like to say. I'm trying to die empty. I like that saying. I'm trying to die empty. What do you mean by that? Right. right. So, um, for years, man, I mean, I, th- I think the mold is kind of getting broken now because the Internet has broken op- broke open a wide variety of, of different thoughts uh, and life paths. But I think that we're living in, t- in an age today where you, you literally have the, the world at your fingertips and you can you, you have access to all this information, and it's up to you what kind of information you want to feed yourself. But uh, for me, I took it as an opportunity to, uh, and I'm taking it as an opportunity to really dig into who I am and what I love to do and go for every single thing that I've ever held near, near and dear to my heart. So I, I checked being a, a, a pro athlete off of my, off of my list. Uh, music has always been a part of, of who I was and who I am. I've been writing music since I was 12 years old. Um, and so I wanted to release an album. I, I just did that and... I feel like it's pretty good. Uh, I fell in love with physics, and I, f- I fell in love with um, uh, the science of, of this natural world and us trying to investigate it. So I'm going back to school, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm taking the prerequisites to try to get uh, my math classes taken care of so I can go, go back to school for physics. So I'm just doing every single thing that I love to do. So that way, like when I'm in my box, you know, my kids can have a template of to how to, I feel like is one of the best ways to live this life, which is they really enjoy it because this – it's goals, man. It's short. I'm not gonna look at I'm 30 years old. I remember. I still feel like a kid, right? So it, it, it goes. So just don't get caught in that routine of if I gotta keep the lights on, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. Like really sit down and 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 talk with yourself about what you want to do with this life because it goes, and and nobody's gonna hand you anything. 
I'll say it again. I like it. I'm trying to die empty. Now, you said you just released an album, and you think it's pretty good. I think it's really, really good. Now, let me ask you this. Yeah, Athletically, Arian, it, it's great, really. Athletically, you've played on the biggest stage. You know what it's like to put yourself out there athletically with the entire world watching. So how does it feel to put yourself out there in a totally different way? This time, artistically, what did it feel like to drop that album? Yeah, this is a totally different animal, man. <laughs> um, sure. Because the criticism on the field is like, okay, you don't like the red one, whatever. But uh, this is like vulnerability at its finest, and especially the type of music make music I make. I make really emotional uh, music. I, I try to evoke emotions and evoke emotions from myself that I've been, I was feeling at the time because I'm really not a hugely emotional person. But when it comes to art, I convey that in a, in a, in a, in a good way, in my opinion. And so it's, it's different, man. But it's it's so freeing at the same time. It's like it's like you you hit this 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 gem in the, in in your closet you never showed anybody for so long, and you finally get to show people. And uh, the beautiful thing about I like about this that, that what has happened is it, it's really reaffirmation for me that I know what I'm doing, and I and I know I make you know music that's that's good. I know all music is subjective, but I, I make music that's not bad. And this is how I know because people people come up to me and say, man, I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to listen, but when I did, I gave it a chance, and I really like it. So, like, think about how good it has to be in order for somebody to say, not only did I not want to like it, I didn't want to listen to it, to then go to, you know, I kind of like it, to then it's hard for people to, in general, just in life, to, to fight their own biases, to you have to fight your own bias in order to give it a listen and then end up succumbing to the to the quality of it, which is why, I mean, I put it's three years in the making, man. I put a lot of time and effort and, and throwing into this. So like, I just hope people can resonate with it because there's a lot of, of messages and, 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 and emotions that I, that I went through. Arian, I bet that I bet that's the biggest thing, right? I mean, I know you a little bit. I think your thing probably is, hey, listen, if it's possible, just keep an open mind. I'm fine if you hate it. I can deal with anything you have to say. If you hate it, fine. If you love it, fine. But how important is it for people to go in there and not judge it before they hear it based on what they think about you, what they know about you? Any preconceived notion, you just want a blank slate, right? Right, and I don't think it's possible. But <laughs> Right. The, the the biggest thing I tell people is like just give it a chance. Like you can have your bias, you can have your opinion. That's that's, that's totally fine. But I guarantee, even if you're like, if you walk away and say, "Man, that is trash, that is garbage," that's fine. But at least you gave it an honest listen. If you and I, and I feel like if you give it an honest listen, ninety percent out is a very arbitrary number. But the majority of the people that come out of it say, "Man, at the very least, yeah, that was well done." I might not like the music, but it was well done. It was well thought out. You really think about the concepts. It's not just. Um, because, I mean, I begrudge athletes that, that try to go into music as well because I feel like they never respected the art, right? Um, this is not that. This is me. I, I totally, I, The reason why I didn't release one and while I was playing was because I didn't feel like I could give it enough uh, time and energy in order to respect the art, to give the quality music that, I, that I'm accustomed to listening to. So, yeah, the second thing, man, I just hope people give it an honest listen because it's really good music. I have some great musicians on there. All right, so for those who don't know, the title of the album, Flamingo and Koval, for those who don't know, where does that come from? Flamingo and Koval was the intersection where Tupac uh, got shot at. Um, he later died in the hospital, but uh, that's that's the intersection where he got shot at. And uh, to me, it was metaphorical because uh, it's kind of like the end to one career and in the beginning to, to something else. Um, but also, hip-hop took a hit there, and I feel like part of hip-hop died there. And, and, and as well... Um, Tupac was one of my favorite artists growing up, and I feel like he was so impactful in in his philanthropy, in his um, 
uh, just his icon status, and he knew how to use it and move the people. So like, he he was very influential to me as a kid. All right, so that was back in 1996. If you were a huge Tupac guy and hip-hop took a hit that day, how did his impact or how did his death impact you personally as you were growing up? Right, when he died, I mean, I was young too, so you're very impressionable when you're young. So looking at it as an adult, you know, he did a lot of uh, uh, not very favorable things. But uh, he, we all have we all have growth, man. So as a kid, when he died, I actually cried because uh, uh, when – when you're growing up in the circumstances I grew up in, you don't have a lot of hope. I, mean, I, I can't. It, I lived in a small town. Uh, you don't have a lot of hope. You have a lot of other things going on in your neighborhood and your own household. So there's not a lot of hope. And so Tupac, for me, provided that little bit of hope. I feel like he was speaking to me directly. And so when he died, it was it, it was tough to swallow because it was one of those things. It was like he was keeping me going, right? And so as a 12 year old kid, I'm I'm trying to take in what death even means, you know. And uh, and those are just kind of things that you think about when you're when you're when you're a young kid, just trying to trying to um, trying to make something out of your life. And he was a big big part of that for me. So, Aaron, who is Bobby Fino? Right, Bobby Fino. I mean, it's just me. I'm not trying to like market it as some like alter ego. <laughs> I think that's kind of corny, but um, it's just it's just a stage name. And so, uh, Bobby Fino. Uh, I didn't feel like Arian Foster was. Uh, it just never sounded very artistic to me. Like if you if you if you listen to like some, like 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 a, I get about like a Kendrick Lamar or a Jamie Foxx or you know they have they they have stage names and sometimes it's their birth name, birth name and sometimes it's not. And I just never felt like Arian was a very artistic sounding name. And so there's not really too much depth behind it. Uh, Bobby came from I I, I kind of jacked it from the. Uh, I don't know if you know who Bobby McFerrin is. He's sure. one of my favorite artists of all time. Yeah, I think he's a he's a vocal virtuoso, and he's known for that "Don't Worry, Be Happy" song. Yep. But if you dig into his catalog, he's one of the he's one of the most brilliant uh, vocalists of all time, in my opinion. So, Aaron, and then I, I can tell you where Fino came from. <laughs> <laughs> all right, listen. Am I reading too much into this? I mean, is it just simply a stage name, or is there something broader and deeper to it than that? In other words, is there a Fino in all of us? That I mean that that see in conjunction with um. The, uh, that's a great question, Jim, because uh, I wasn't going to bring it up. But in conjunction with the album, we released a a, uh, a documentary on Title, and and Title uh, with Uninterrupted, we we documented the whole thing. So it's like a two three year process, and we kind of documented the steps, and, and it got me retiring and the whole thing. So if you go to Title, you can watch it. And the beautiful thing about it, and, the, and one of the reasons why I wanted to document it was because I kind of wanted to inspire people in some kind of way to have their Bobby Fino, right? So, like, whatever is that, that thing. I know I know we all go to work, and we all hustle every single day to keep the lights on. But well, who is that kid that inside of you that hasn't died yet that was a violinist or was a an artist or was a painter or was something that – it was something that everybody has when they're, kid, they're, when they're a kid that they just that, – that, that they saw themselves as an adult. Like it's kind of wanting to inspire people as well to like go go after your dreams. Don't let people pigeonhole and box you in because if you give it, it I truly believe if you if you if you fall in love with what you fall in love with, there's opportunity out there to 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 make it your career. Hmm. Aaron, my favorite track is called "A Friend, A Fan, A Kid." First, let's take a quick listen to this. We live 
live in two different spots when will i see you again my baby brother is here he always follows me around like remember papa you know what he sound like i did this painting in school it was my family trip my family painted in brown and all standing with me one house on the left another house on the right three dogs all together but not one of them fight papa i drew you a cake cause you a hero to us i hate you always away doing heroic stuff that's why i drew so, you like that really really nice i think that if you hear the entire track it becomes self-evident arian but for those who have not heard the entire track what's that song about All right so it was inspired in two parts i needed a i needed a way to because when you hear about athletes going into music you get the same oh my god right so i needed a way to um have a, a segue that'll make people go huh yeah that's different and I, and I like how that's artistically expressed so I feel like when people listen to the, they'll get a good sense of my musicianship and my artistry. But so a friend of Fanta Kid is a, um, it is is a song written by a friend of mine, a fan of mine, and a kid of mine, and all through their perspective of how they viewed me throughout my NFL journey. And so it's it's like a lot of stereotypical ways that, from the athlete's point of view. Uh, the rhetoric that they get from the people in their lives. So a friend of mine, how he the first verse talks uh, talks with, with a, uh, how a friend of mine uh, views me, how fans of mine view me, and then finally how a kid of mine views me because of the strain that 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 chasing your dreams puts on your on your fatherhood. Um, uh, so it's, I think it's beautifully written. I feel like it was well well produced. Uh, my, my guy Kelly Kelly Fitzgerald produced the produced the track, and there's a video. The animated video I think is what really brings it to life, and you can watch it on YouTube. Just type in Bobby Fino, a friend of fan of kid. But if you if you watch the video and listen to the listen to the song, I think it's, it's a really beautiful display of how a lot of athletes view the relationships in their lives. It's a really nice track. You know, I spoke to Damian Lillard of the Trailblazers who raps under the name Dame Dalla, and he put out a record too. He said one of the best parts was actually performing it live. Do you have any plans to play any shows? I do actually. Um, we're, we're I got to do it in a way that's that's a little more unique to to the way I want to put it out. So I just don't want to rap in front of a crowd. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of. Um, it's going to be an artistic take on it. So I'm, I'm waiting for the right venue and the right right parts to fall in place. But I, I definitely I'll start local. And if the fan base grows, you know, we're doing really well right now. But if the fan base continues to grow, we'll definitely put on a little tour. Good, good. You mentioned you're going back to school. So you're studying. Are you studying physics? Where are you going to school? Right. So right now I'm taking I'm taking all the, uh, the prerequisites. So I'm getting caught up on my math because that was one of the most Hum, uh, uh, humbling things that I've ever had to go through is to go into a uh, a math tutor class and say I haven't taken a math class in over ten years. You know, sure, <laughs> it, was really, it was tough, man. Uh, but that's they said that's half the battle is is adults thinking, oh, I'm too far gone. Like you're not too far gone, it, and a lot of the stuff comes right back to you. So I'm back taking algebra right now, and I'm gonna move on to algebra two, and I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep geometry, and I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep moving towards um, the goal of, of getting all the prerequisites taken until then I can finally take uh, physics courses. So it's it's a long process. I'm not trying to do this overnight, and I understand that, but it's a long process. But uh, it's been fun, man. It's been fun. Uh, my, my tutor is, is is amazing, and I'm I'm just happy that. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting the opportunity to just explore myself fully, man. Dude, you are better than me in so many different ways, but especially in that regard, because those were some of the worst days of my life, man. I would never <laughs> go back to algebra and geometry. Never go back you there. Know, you know what's funny about it though? It's like it's because 
the reason I, cause I hated it too. I hated it. I couldn't stand it. I was like, why are we learning all this stuff? Like, so like something like as simple as like Y equals MX plus B. It's just, it's just the coordinates to, to plot a line, right? Like, why does this matter? I never saw the means to an end, but when you really, as an adult, you see it differently. Like what we're learning, they're, they're feeding us like little baby spoons of information in order for us to get the final meal. Right. And that's, that's basically what it is. It's like when you figure out what those, Plots and those coordinates mean. Oh, that's how they do temperature. Oh, that's how they do uh, all these, all these, all the, all the uh, equations to for the stock market. All of this and so it's, it all correlates to real life situations. But I just never really knew because I, I never really cared enough. So now I'm interested in it just just to see how interwoven in our society it is. Like you've always said, to be interesting, be interested. Now listen, oh. this is not to say this is not to say that you don't still have an athletic Jones. I know you love to break out your golf clubs. But even more interesting to me is how you got into the sport for the first time. How did golf first grab your interest? <laughs> is this a PG? What kind of crowd is this? A PG crowd? Yeah, man. Now, you know how the podcast goes, dude. We can say and do whatever we yeah, fucking yeah. want on this show. Yeah, you know that. There it is, yeah. So I, uh, I was smoking weed with my buddy in college. <laughs> right. And, um, and uh, we were watching the Masters. And uh, I think it was – I can't remember what year it was. But uh, – and I remember being so aesthetically intrigued with the beauty of the golf course because they my my guy had like this had a TV that was, I guess just brought it out, and uh, we were just sitting there smoking and I'm watching this and I was like this looks so dope like why have I never gotten into this before and he actually went to um went to, he was on the golf team in his high school team, and uh, and so he was like I'll take you out there man I was like all right let's go so we went out there and the, by the first day. I hit my first good shot, and I was like, I'm, I'm hooked. It's, it's an unbelievable sport. So let me ask you, man, was it the TV that was so nice, or was it the strain? Uh, it might have been a little bit of both, man. I'm not sure, man, but it was uh... – it was, some, it was some good stuff. <laughs> All right, so in terms of the golf, I mean, some guys some guys get the bug, and then that becomes their drug. That becomes their addiction. They'll do whatever they can to get their fix. It doesn't matter when. It doesn't matter how early in the morning. They'll do whatever they can to get out there. Is that you? Uh, it can be. Like, I really enjoy the sport. Like, it's so fun. You're playing against yourself. Uh, there's nothing like going out or even with your buddies, man. You go out with your buddies, and you just go catch, catch some holes. Uh, my thing, I think – I think coming from an athletic standpoint, as far as like a professional athlete standpoint, I think a lot of people like get that bug because they get so competitive and they're just like, I'm going to do it. I know I'm not, I don't have the interest in putting in that much time to get good enough to compete on a tour. So I really just go out there to have fun and, and take it that lightly. You'll have, you'll, have, you'll have the time of your life, man. Yeah, but a couple things there. Like, I know a lot of guys, a lot of athletes do it because it's something they can't master, so they just keep getting after it. But, but even though you're out there to have a good time, the athlete in you kicks in. I know that you and fellow Houston rapper Scarface have gotten into it on the course. How did that go when you guys played? Yeah, yeah, no, we, we, we compete. Of course, I'm going to compete to the best of my ability. But um, if, I, if, I, if I hit a bad shot, I don't beat myself up because it's like, I mean, how many times? Have I practiced this shot? But uh, no, my man, my man Scarface. Uh, we we go out, we go out, we go out whenever we can. But it's uh, it's just one of those things where two not alike professions meet on a totally different plane, uh, on a totally different platform, and and you know we we developed this kinship with it. It was it was it was a great time. Yeah, I mean it's a good time. But still, you're an athlete in an athletic endeavor. You can't let a non-athlete beat you. Or or is golf the great equalizer, and that's all out the door. I think golf is the great equalizer because it's it's less about athletic talent and more about discipline and, and practice. 
you have to stay on top of your game or else you lose aspects of your game. So it's not like I, I can't I can't out athletic him. You know what I mean? It's, sure. it's, it's about discipline. It's about technique, and and that goes if you don't practice on it. So that's why you can't really you do your best. Aaron, before you go, you know how. I mean, the way society sees weed, it's all changing right now. So what about the NFL? Do you think the NFL is going to change along with society and change the way it views weed, and should it? Uh, it absolutely should. I'm not sure as far as if it will. I mean, there's, there's, there's battles being fought legislatively right now that I think have their hands tied as far as uh, – is it is it federal or is it state? You know, so there's 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 things that need to be set in place before I think they'll they'll consider it. Um, but I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the NFL's uh, reactionary ways. Anyway, um, they'll they'll pump their players full of opioids for years, but they'll ban players for a year for weed. You know, it's it's I, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the NFL's uh, policy making. But um, I don't think they're very forward-thinking, so I don't see it happening anytime in the near future. But if it does, that is amazing. I would, I would be happy to be wrong. Dude, can you explain that? Can you explain that? Why do you think the league will, quote, pump their players full of opioids, opioids but not allow weed? What's, what's their thinking behind that? I couldn't, I couldn't tell you their thinking, but it's been like that for you. I mean, even if you look at I don't think it's necessarily just the NFL. I just think it's um, uh, old people making rules, right? So if you look at... Marijuana is still a class one scheduled drug. Why is why is why is marijuana looked at as, as as dangerous as heroin, right? So like these are these are drugs that kill people and this and this this substance has yet to do that. Um or, or even if so, it's a very rare case. I, I haven't even heard of one, but maybe there's out there some some out there now. But um <clears throat> I think it's just an old way of thinking. It's 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 two thousand eighteen is, is is not 1960. You know what I mean? And we have a lot of people from that era making these rules. And as soon as they go away, progression will happen. But it's going to happen slowly because people hold on to these arbitrary rules that were essentially made up. For some reason, Tylenol is okay and marijuana is not. Tylenol, it, it has some very bad side effects, right? So why is that deemed more acceptable socially than marijuana? Like as an example, you had back surgery several years ago. What did you do for pain in the aftermath of that surgery, a serious surgery? Right. Um, I've had over 14 surgeries in my career, and so I'm I'm familiar with painkillers. And the problem with painkillers I've always had was nausea. Nausea it always made me throw up. Um, I couldn't I couldn't take painkillers. Um, so I kind of just stopped pay- taking painkillers. Um, but the uh, but the back surgery is different, so I was willing to take my painkillers. But the doctor said if I if I if I have that um, that gagging reflex, uh, I could reslip my disc after he worked on it. And I was like, well, shit, I can't just not be in pain. And so my dad was like, you should smoke some weed. And so we went and got some, and and it helped tremendously. And so I'm not I'm not a super advocate advocate of like always being high. Like I know that's a that's a problem with people, but I think used sparingly and you I mean even if you do as long as you have your business I don't I don't see a lot wrong with it but I think there's just this stigma behind it because it's been a class one scheduled drug for so long and there's been a lot of negative marketing for programming people uh to to make them believe that it's something that it's not and I think that a lot more research has to be pumped into it before we can even make a determination either way
But like as an example, w- was it as effective for you in treating pain as some of these painkillers that you were on before? Well, I think it was for me, and and I don't ever try to talk for anybody else, but it was for me. Um, it, it, you're in extreme pain after a back surgery. I mean, somebody goes into your back and and sure. some stuff on it. It's 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 painful. So for me, it was definitely beneficial. It was definitely um, uh, it didn't it, it didn't leave me nauseous. And I I enjoyed my time on it, so it's not something. It's never something that I've ever abused either. So I can I can smoke occasionally and and, and handle my business and, and going about my daily life. But so just like as a comparison, like did you ever take Toradol? Like what's that shit like? Yeah, I definitely took Toradol for the majority of my career. It's a, it's a great pain reliever, but I, I know it was bad for me. I I should probably get my liver checked actually. Um, but it was it was nothing that was, Toradol is not as not as um, it doesn't impair you, the 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 kind that I got. We took it before the game, but it never impaired me. It was just something that kind of helped relieve the pain, like a blood thinner, a really strong blood thinner. And so, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of that either. But the fact that they'll okay that and not weed, it, I think it speaks volume of the type of people we're dealing with. Hmm. You know, just one last thought about weed. I mean, if it's effective in pain relief. What about like smoking it before a game? Did you ever do that? Does that help guys relax? Does it help take the edge off? Can you perform in a game on pot? Right, I I can't. Um, when I when I smoke, I like to go into my little zone and uh, I like to go away um, or watch a movie or something. You know what I'm saying? Like something like that. Uh, I know some guys that can operate on that high level when they smoke. Um, but I could never do that, so I can't really speak to 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 that. I know I know some guys have for sure, but I, it's never been my thing. Arian, listen, before you go, you've got a podcast and you talked to a lot of different guys. You you were always one of my favorite athletes to talk to because you were always always different and not afraid to have the conversation. I mean, you're interested in having different kinds of conversations. Now you're on the other side of it. Let's talk about your podcast really quickly before you go. Who do you like talking to, and what's it like to sit on the other side? Right, so now, uh, <clears throat> unfortunately, I'm doing the media side, and uh, <laughs> right, uh, I think um, the podcast was centered around. Honestly, it was just going to sound kind of cliche and corny, but it was centered around. I right, the 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 best time I have is like getting to have dialogue with with amazing people, and so I have this platform, and I'm 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 able to contact people that a normal human being couldn't, right? And so I I view myself as a regular regular human being so I don't view myself as any different so if I could benefit from these conversations I feel like somebody else could so like uh the whole premise behind the podcast was have these have these conversations with people in our society so I understand that my fan base is primarily sports um as of right now but I've talked to people for anywhere from I talked to Snoop Dogg I've talked to a uh a marine biologist I've talked to an ex-army sniper I've talked to uh, a transgender woman who is now an activist um, I've talked. I, I talked to to a whole gauntlet of people, and that's the goal is to is to try to uh, engage in dialogue with people that have diverse opinions, not just that follow mine. Uh, engage people that are super right wing or super left wing or moderate or whatever the case may be to have these conversations. Because I think we're in a climate today where people are there's an influx of information. So the goal of really my podcast is to sit down and have rational conversations with people about today's topics science, future, technology, sports, whatever the case may be, that help us grow as human beings, um, I think those kind of conversations are going to usher us forward. It's trying to equip people with with, with uh, the best information possible to move, move around uh, uh, 
amicably uh, with their daily lives. So finally, it's called the Now What Podcast. You're 27 episodes deep. I know you've got a standing invitation for Texans owner Bob McNair. Why would you like to have him on? What do you want to talk to him about? Right. So, so uh, similar, similar reasons, right? So um, he, he's labeled by a lot of people in the city as a racist. I'm unsure if he's racist. I don't know. Um, it wouldn't surprise me, but I, I just don't know. And so uh, I doubt he would admit it on my podcast anyway. But for a lot of the decisions and a lot of the things that he said and a lot of the, the things that he's done in the past, I would just like to have a conversation with him uh, about that. And I think to a broader point, I think it, it gives more vulnerability to the ownership of these teams in the NFL. Like what owner of an NFL team or an NBA team has ever sat down in a public platform to discuss real issues with the next player or a current player, right? I think it. I think it'll benefit everybody involved. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not remiss to say I understand that it'll benefit me more than anybody else. I get that, but I, I really think that uh, that dialogue can can start uh, real conversations between player and ownership because I don't think I don't think that relationship is a, is a real good one, especially in the NFL. So you and I have had a lot of conversations over the years, but you understand this now since you have a podcast. These are not the types of conversations that we can have in that small window that we've always had in the past. We've always had great conversations, but never one like this. As you mentioned, it was three years plus in the making. Flamingo and Koval is out right now. I mean, if people want to get the album, how do they go about getting it? Yeah, you can go. I mean, it's, it's on pretty much all major streaming platforms. It's on Tidal. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Music. It's on iTunes, Amazon Music. Um, it's pretty much on anything, wherever you like to listen to your music, man, it's, it's, it's on there. Um, and if you want to follow me just, just throughout like my life, you just go to bobbyfino.com, F-E-E-N-O, and it has everything that has, has my music, has my podcast, has my, my shop, it has, has everything that I am on there. So, uh, it's cool little visuals on there too. It's good, man. Good, man. And as always, always get something out of our conversations. And I do love that notion of trying to die empty, man. Go get it. Get everything you want. Arian, so good to get caught up, man. Really appreciate you. Have always appreciated you. And I appreciate you taking so much time and coming on this podcast, man. Great to talk to you. Always, brother. You take care, man. Hey, listen up. I know there are a lot of you out there that had a bad night. How do I know this? Because I can see your tweets and your emails, and your phone calls, and your attitude. You had a bad night. And why? Because you didn't sleep well. Why didn't you sleep well? Because you or somebody next to you was snoring. But this is all about to change. It's about to change after you try the revolutionary Zipa device. Zipa is a game changer. If you snore, you are not sleeping. If you are not sleeping, you are not succeeding. Fact. If you want success, you have to be at your very best every single day. Zipa is that solution that's going to help you get that great night of sleep that you need so you can roll out and feel great and kill it and succeed. Zipa is the only snoring solution of its kind. So if you snore or you know somebody who does snore, get a Zipa. I want you to go to ZYPPAH.com. It's easy to remember because Zipa is simply happy Z spelled backwards. Tell everybody you know who needs one to get a Zipa. Remember, Z-Y-P-P-A-H. That's Z-Y-P-P-A-H. Zipa. Get the great night of sleep that you need and you deserve with a Zipa. What an awesome, rangy, insightful, and deep conversation with Arian Foster. But then again, that's exactly what I expected from him. Hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed hosting that. Now, while you're here, can you hit these things up for me, please? Subscribe to the pod, review the pod, and share the pod. 
Every subscription and review helps to grow this thing, and I appreciate you having my back so much. Just like I appreciate you checking out The Jungle, which airs live every day from noon until 3 Eastern on CBS Sports Radio, CBS Sports Network, and Sirius XM Channel 206. And the best and fastest way to get at me is on Twitter at Jim Rome. Let me know what you thought about the episode with Arian Foster, and please tag him too. He's at Arian Foster. Thank you once again for checking out the pod, and I will catch you right back here for episode 36 next week. See you then. I'm out. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.